Ciao ragazzi and welcome back to Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio Told Like It Is. I'm Frank Crivello. Richard Carmen is along for the ride as always. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing this uh, lovely evening? It's so good to be back doing podcasting. Isn't it nice? And you're you're perfecting the Larry Zabisco uh, <laughs> salutation week after week. I like it. Good uh, stuff. Practice makes perfect, right? Good stuff. Yeah, good to be good to be talking some calcio again. It has been a minute, hasn't it? Oh, indeed so. it has. And uh, what a weekend to bring it back. Uh, some good action going on. And uh, yeah, man, I'm happy it's back. We're going to have like four or five days in a, row in, in a row of calcio. I love it. And you're doing all right. Things are good over there in uh, over there in D.C.? Yeah, we're hanging in tough. It's uh, it's been crazy, obviously, with all the things going on out there. But uh, I'm doing well, staying busy, and um, yeah, the family's doing well. And yeah, we're trying to get out as much as we can. You know, places that are isolated, and uh, yeah, enjoying the good weather. We're actually having decent weather now. So, how about yeah. you? Nice to nice to have good weather. Yeah, summer here. Things are going good. Um, just uh, celebrated uh, our 12 year wedding anniversary on Sunday. So, congratulations. Thank you. Um, had a very relaxing, quiet weekend. Sent the uh, sent the kids up to the in-laws, and then came back down here. Did some hiking. Uh, had a candlelight dinner with curbside carryout. <laughs> so nice. Uh, our favorite Thai restaurant, and then uh, just uh, you know lit the fire pit and hung out. And um, uh, and then Sunday was the actual day. Took her for uh, uh, took her for some new golf clubs. So that was her anniversary gift. I'm. I'm a hopeless, right. hopeless romantic. Uh, <laughs> so, awesome. um, yep. So, uh, so it was a, it was a good weekend and, uh, you know, a restful weekend, a good little, good little, uh, respite from the kids when you're, you're in quarantine and you're having to, uh, pretty much shelter in place or all of this other stuff. And you're, you're losing your mind with the kids around you all the time. It kind of, it's fine. It's nice to have a little break here and there. So little, nice little breather. Yeah, I get it. I yes. Get it. Yes. No doubt about it. <laughs> So tonight I am uh, drinking Lakefront IPA, uh, uh, La- Lakefront Brewery again out of Milwaukee. I've been very conscious about making sure that my beer is local. Drink local. Uh, there you go. I buy it. Yep. So uh, trying to help the local breweries out and make sure that uh, they get some of my money during these times. So I'm um, helping at the local uh, water filtration plant, I guess. I don't know. With my water <laughs> here. It's staying hydrated, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's probably better than the Milwaukee water. That's for sure. We had a, <laughs> we had a whole, actually the Milwaukee water is as good. I mean, I, I I don't live in Milwaukee County, but we get the Milwaukee water. So we're kind of lucky. And Milwaukee had an awful problem with cryptosporidium, um, okay. man, some 28 years ago. So um, like craziness, like uh, restaurants were serving canned soda. They couldn't do fountain soda. You couldn't even do ice. It was just, it was bizarre until they got it all cleaned up and figured out. Yeah. Yikes. No good. So uh, we are also uh, broadcasting live on YouTube. So uh, if you are along for the ride, uh, drop a like, subscribe to the channel, uh, leave some comments, leave some questions. We'll answer them as we go. Uh, glad to have you all with us. So let's get into the Cal show. It's been too long. It's been way too long, but yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, Sabrina checking in with us. Hi, Sabrina. Good to see you again um the uh action resumed on uh friday uh the second leg of the copa italia it was juventus against milan usually we don't do recaps of 
Coppa Italia, but we are so calcio starved. Yes. Uh, we're going to do it now. <laughs> so um, Juventus and Milan taking place at the J. No fans. Um, a 1-1 uh, draw going into this game. Um, we'll get through, let's get through the lineups. Uh, Richard, um, Juve went with Gigi Buffon in goal. Uh, a back four of Danilo, Matias Delic, Leonardo Bonucci, and Alexandro. Uh, a midfield of Rodrigo Bentancur, Mirlan Pjanic, and Blaise Matuidi. Douglas Costa, Paulo Dybala, Cristiano Ronaldo in attack. Uh, really was the expected lineup yeah. all along. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, pretty standard lineup. I knew that. I, I figured it doesn't surprise me that they went with Buffon in goal. Uh, you know, he's a stalwart. He has the most experience in goal. Yeah, Chesney is very experienced as well. But Buffon, you know, he's a really big game player. And uh, why not have him? Maybe his last one. So let him let him participate in in, in the in the semifinal. And uh, the lineup, yeah, it's pretty standard. Uh, nothing nothing surprising there. Um, you expected yep. them to have a strong lineup, and they did. Yep, it was a it was a pretty strong side that Maurizio Sarri put out and uh, countering from Milan. Uh, a Milan that we knew going in was going to be under strength thanks to suspensions yeah. to Zlatan Ibrahimovic um, and uh, 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 Teo Hernandez. Hernandez. Exactly. Yeah, um, it's been so long. We I haven't had to talk, had to talk to about him in three months. Almost, again. almost forgot who he was. So, but uh, Milan countered with Gianluigi Donnarumma in goal. Uh, a back four of Andrea Conti, Simon Chiar, Alessio Romagnoli, and Davide Calabria. Uh, a, a two-man midfield in front of that back four of Ishmael Benesser and Frank Kessi. Uh, Hakan Chalanolu, Jack Bonaventura, and Lucas Paqueta behind Ante Rebic. Um, when I saw this, I, I had no little to no hope, largely because of Davide Calabria having to deputize at left back, having to see a lot of Douglas Costa. That was my immediate reaction when I saw these teams. Yeah, first off, a uh, shout-out to Rocco. Hey, Rocco, we see you there. And uh, he says he's surprised by Buffon's insertion in there. But, uh, yeah, you know, when I saw this lineup, uh, yeah, Calab seeing Calabria out there definitely is, is worrisome. But, um, you know, having uh, Kiar back there with Romagnoli, it's really proven a, a – a, a fantastic duo there. Kiara's experience. Um, he's very strong defensively. He's a little slow, but it leaves Romagnoli to have you know less responsibility and to be focused more on his game. Before it was just too much on him. Uh, and then the rest of the lineup really, uh, it wasn't. I wasn't too surprised there. Um, you know, obviously with the, with the two players, the two big players, Ibrahimovic and and Teo Hernandez missing, you knew it was going to be a tough tough ask. And uh, I was fully expecting. Uh, a slaughter in this one, honestly. To be, to be, if I'm being frank, um, the way Juventus you lined can be, up, you, you, you can be me. You can try it on. <laughs> I can try it on. Nowadays, uh, it's not that exciting. But <laughs> yeah, so no, no, for real. Uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't too excited about Milan's prospects going into this game, but um, they proved me wrong. Yeah, um, and it'd be the biggest talking points from this game happened around the 16th minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. we had a VAR review, uh, with Andrea Conti with a handball. I thought it was a handball. I thought, uh, you know, by the letter of the rule, I know that it's very convenient and we do it a lot too. Um, we, we've said Juventus, uh, instead of Juventus, uh, as, as you know, some of the descriptions that we give, but in this case, uh, they went back and reviewed it. And personally, I thought it was a handball. I thought they got it right. I thought they got it wrong the first time live on the pitch. And when I heard it was going to VAR, um, or when they said it was going to VAR, uh, my thoughts were, okay, penalty. They're going to get this right. Yeah, I actually, when I saw it live, I thought it was a good penalty. When I saw the replay, I completely went to 180, and I thought it was a bullshit call because I thought Conti's arm was on his side and it hit him. 
Uh, if anything, it's a double yellow or double handball because it hit Ronaldo's hand as well. Uh, but they didn't call that. I guess they're yep. not going to call that, you know, whatever. So I was pissed off that happened. But, uh, yeah, you know, I guess if you're a Milan fan, uh, there was good karma, I guess, from that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an issue where it's out enough, maybe. I mean, when you're when you're looking at it, I mean, I think um, yeah. if anybody uh, watched the Verde, if anybody watched the uh, Verde Brandon Bremen uh, Bayern Munich game, yeah. Um, today there was an incident towards the end, and I want to say it was was it Alaba um, had his arm, but he had his arm like tucked in on his chest, and the ball hit hit there. That's different. That's not going to get called as a handball if you're if you're fully in. Right. And then the referee's interpretation is that Conti's arm just out enough. Uh, you know, for that to be a handball. Uh, right. I thought the yellow on him was harsh, uh, but um, nonetheless, uh, but the penalty is saved by Donnarumma and he keeps him in it and you're feeling good if you're a Milan supporter and say maybe, just maybe, but it only takes seconds after that. <laughs> My goodness. And uh, Ante Rebic was apparently uh, doing a lot of Taibo uh, or, or trying to bring it back during the quarantine. Because uh, he went flying into uh, uh, Danilo, uh, straight red. I got no issue with that one. Yeah, he pulled a he pulled a straight up Alexander Nubel and did a high flying kick right to the face or whatever it was. It's yeah, it's a red. Nobody knows uh, who that is. <laughs> I do. That's the only thing that matters. Because <laughs> you're a shalcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no. I thought it was a red. I had no complaints about that. It was a stupid play. Um, I mean, to the face, whether he hit him in the face or not, it was dangerous. Uh, we've seen it every every time we've seen it has been a red card. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it sucks, but it, it's I'm fine with that call. Yeah, um, you know, so sends Milan down to ten men. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, Pioli just goes ahead and keeps the same ten players out there. Just kind of shifts things around around a little bit. But you know what to expect after that. It's a possession monopoly on the uh, for Juventus going forward. Uh, Milan's got to now take their chances with counterattacks. Hopefully, they can sneak some sort of set piece, and that's really how. You know, the rest of the first half went. Not a whole lot of incident, uh, you know, beyond that. Uh, Milan just getting one shot in that first half. Uh, Juve obviously peppering the Milan goal. Donnarumma coming, Donnarumma coming through with some saves. But what I took, uh, you know, and I think would be a recurring theme from Milan's perspective was the, uh, the, the you mentioned to mentioned him earlier, the presence and an and appearance from Simon Kiar. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, how underestimated uh, it was, his presence, his leadership, and what he brings to that back four, yeah. uh, you know, a calm and experience. And to your point, maybe not not of pace, uh, but of positioning, definitely positioning, yeah. and uh, really helping to have that all organized and have that have that back four composed and giving Milan some kind of a chance to try to get something out of this game. And Going into halftime, nil-nil. I mean, you can make the case that Donnarumma was obviously excellent in goal. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I thought Simon Kiar was the best player on the pitch, both teams. Yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree there. I thought uh, Kiar was excellent. Um, there was a play, and I don't remember if it was the first half or second half, where uh, there was a, a play that was passed over the top, and he, you know, he's a very slow foot, but he just beat out the, the, the UV player. I don't know if it was Dybala. I think it was Dybala. I could be wrong. Uh, but, yeah, he was excellent all game long. Um, certainly man the match, uh, or one of, I, I, you know, I, I'm gonna tip my hat off to Donnarumma. He made some big saves as well, but Kiar was excellent. No doubt about it. And I think he, he really helped. Um, he gave Milan a lot of confidence, you know, playing with 10 men is never easy. Uh, but they, uh, they were very stout and, uh, I was impressed with the performance. Honestly, when I saw they went down to 10 men, I was very worried, even more worried than I was initially. 
but Kiar, I think, was a big reason him and Donnarumma why they, you know, they made it out, you know, even in this game. And we get into the second half, and Milan started to generate a few more chances. Uh, you know, Rocco saying, folks, Milan played a great match, considered that they had three starters missing, just came back, played down a man for 75 minutes. Hats off to the team who got eliminated by mine. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think we're talking about how Milan stood up to the pressure that Juventus put them under. Um, you know, and and they didn't do enough going forward to deserve a goal. Um, right, you know, right. in my opinion. So let's not, I'm not sitting here saying that Milan should have won this match. I think 0 0 is perfectly fair. And I think it's also because on the other side, if I'm worried about, and I miss might be the first game back in three months, but I had a problem with this with Maurizio Sarri's Juventus before the break. I'm worried about a possible, you know, and, and Rocco might chime in on this, and that's fine a lack of a killer instinct here from this Juventus team. I mean, is there, maybe there isn't the urgency and they said, Hey, we're a man up. Well, let's skate through this zero zero is fine. Cause on aggregate we'll go through. This is a challenging one for me because we've seen this attack struggle a few times now. And we saw them struggle yeah. a few times. They, they struggled at Leon, a, a team that can ship some goals, um, you know, against the right team. Uh, you know, in the first leg of the Champions League. And there are times where, you know, they're they're getting weird, really. And you look at it, you look at it on paper and you say, well, Douglas Costa should roast Davide Calabria. Calabria played great. Yeah, he did. Um, a very good game. And uh, yeah, Rocco, absolutely. The, I mean, Juventus were excellent in the first 30 minutes. But after that, it just it fizzled out. And I don't know if there was this, can we, killing killing the game off? Sure. I mean, that's that's where I'm worried. I don't I don't see a you know, I see it for, if you if you want to say it's for 30 minutes, fine. But if you're going to take steps toward being a European champion, if you're going to take steps toward being the best in the world, I mean, that's an advantage where you got to eat. I mean, you put some other teams and I want us to speak on this on a, on a European level. And we you know, because mainly we've been exposed to Bundesliga. You let that be Bayern Munich. Bayern's Bayern's scoring five before six before the 60 minute mark yeah okay and 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 could score 10 if they want to but then they'll just skate for the last 30 minutes i mean talk about this are we is it the selection is it maybe not that there was an actual striker for juventus that could you know that could probably hold things and that could probably do some better positioning a guy who can score like a gonzalo Higuain. i'm really confused with the quality that Juventus have that they can't score on a 10-man team of, uh, like Milan that are, you know, that had 75 minutes with a man advantage and just, and, 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 and a less than full strength, less than optimal Milan at that. Yeah. You know, I, I think Juventus does, they do have uh, players, the killer instincts who can finish the game off. I mean, they probably got the best one in the world with Ronaldo, right? Uh, he, he smells blood and he goes for it. He's a King shark there. But I think, you know, it's a culmination of things. You're talking about how maybe they're maybe Sarri's relying too much on, on the Allegri type style, where, and, and especially towards the end of the season where he's just trying to get results. I saw that. I noticed that before the break. Um, and the one thing that's been clear with all the, all the soccer that's been back, all the football has been back since the, since the hiatus, is teams, whoever they perform before the break, are performing exactly the same way. So if you're worried before the break that, you know, their, their killer instinct wasn't there, it's still going to be there. It's still not going to be there. Uh, and so, you know, that culminated with, you know, Milan played very well. Oftentimes when teams go down to 10 men, 
They either play very, very well or, or they just shit the bed. Uh, Milan played very well. They, they, you know, they, they were very disciplined. They played very compact, made it very difficult for Juventus. Now, Juventus had plenty of opportunities. And as Rocco mentioned, they shot, they kept shooting at Donnarumma. Donnarumma still had to make the saves, but they kept shooting at him. Um, and, you know, if you're playing a team like Napoli, who can put it away, it's going to be very troublesome for, for Juventus. And it's going to be an interesting matchup because, um, you know, we'll get to that later, that, the, the actual big matchup later. But Juventus needs to kill teams off, like you said whether it's in Europe, Coppa Italia, Serie A here. Uh, there's going to be some big games going down the stretch here, and they're only, what, a point up on, on Lazio. Uh, mm-hmm. They can't afford to get draws. Uh, they need to get some wins here because you know Lazio, they were in fine form before the break. They're going to be in fine form coming out. So, um, yeah, that, that part has me worried. I know they have the killers on their team. It's got to be, I guess, the manager, or I don't know what's going on, why they're not finishing these games off or not. You know, Yeah, you got to give them some credit that, you know, or benefit of the doubt that, you know, they've been off for two months. Okay, but still, they didn't look that convincing being up one man up for 75 minutes. And I thought the substitutions, and I get that, you know, we're not, we were dealing with players who are not fully game fit at this point. Um, I thought the substitutions weakened Juventus. I, I even made that point um, after they happened. I think it was, uh, you know, I think, our friend Michael Lisi said something on Twitter about how look at what they can go to and, and, and can take off the bench and bring into the game. And I just said, I said to him, I said, I, I look at these substitutions and I don't think they're stronger with these guys coming in. You know, I think that yeah. these are substitutions that are being made out of fitness. And Sadi even said after the game that he, he should have rethunk his, how he substituted his players. So um, you got a, you got a, Sammy Kadira who can get overrun very, very easily unless you put a couple of guys around him to help him. Um, you've got Nadri and Rabio who has been inconsistent. You've got a Federico Bernardeschi who probably might be far better playing for Italy than he is playing for this Juve team. Um, you know, and Quadrado didn't get enough of an appearance here, uh, you know, to, to prove himself and to, and to get an opportunity. <clears throat> if you really were going to go seeking goals and things like that, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert at this kind of stuff, but Juan Cuadrado is coming into this game a lot sooner than the 86 minute because I don't think Danilo did much. Yeah. Um, and I think that it was maybe a little bit premature taking out Douglas Costa. But then again, we got to evaluate where are these guys at fitness wise and what can they give in the 70th and 80th minute at yeah. this stage after coming back. So, though, I mean, in a normal environment with a preseason and with training and, and, you know, and all this other stuff and with a series of games, I don't think these substitutions even get made. Yeah. No, no, it's true. Um, and I agree 100% with you that Cuadrado needs to come in much earlier in the game. He is that kind of uh, impact player. You know, if, if Costa was fit enough, if it had been regular season, none of this, you know, coronavirus stuff, then, you know, he'd be in he'd be in for most of the game. Uh, but you got to have Cuadrado in the game earlier. I mean, that guy is really good. He, he's an X factor. And when he's on, he's on. And you need to get him out there just to get the opportunity to see if he is on to get, give your team the, a chance to get scoring the goals, whether it's a goal or assist. So, uh, that was that was odd to me. I mean, you know, the fitness levels of these guys are not going to be that great, uh, and you know they're going to be using a lot of these substitutions uh, as much as them as they can. So that was odd. It was odd for the late one with Cuadrado, but uh, I can't read Sarri's minds. Never could, and uh, probably never will. So, right, right. I mean, in the end, I think we saw the resourceful game management of Juve much, you know, come through because zero zero suits them. Zero zero yep. puts them in the yep. final. Yep, and maybe that's just 
who they still are, even with a manager like Saudi at the helm. And we've been talking about this all season long, wondering when Saudi ball is finally going to take effect with Juve. And you hear a lot of people, a lot of the English speaking Calcio heads throughout the you know first half of this season saying that it seems like Saudi's adjusting more to Juve than Juve's adjusting to Saudi. Yeah. And it looks like that that's the mentality and that's the approach that's going to prevail. Um, we may not see a you know the the, the free flowing stuff that he that he had at Napoli with this Juventus team you know for as long as he's there, um, you know and and they just you know probably looked at it and say hey if we just stay organized if we don't give away anything easy, Milan's not scoring, you know I mean they you know their their biggest threat was going to be Rebic and he got sent off after 16 minutes, <laughs> yeah, um, you know so it's one of those where it could have been a management issue and just say hey. We can nil-nil this and be more than happy with it. It gets us into the final. That's the other aspect that I think you have to take a look at. So, um, Rafael Leal, was that too early to bring him on uh, for Jack, or is it, or were you okay with that substitution? I'm okay with that. I mean, Jack, I thought, did very well in the beginning. Um, but, you know, when you're down 10 men, your guy's going to be running a lot, and whether they're going to tell you or not, it's probably best to, to, to save his legs for the rest of the season. Um, and I think it was a good call. I think it was a good call with that. Uh, I think yeah. moments before he came out, he had a good upper, good cross, I think, in uh, far post. But, uh, yeah, take him out. I mean, yep. keep it fresh. Sure. Um, best player for me still, uh, Simon Kiar. How about you? Yeah. Uh, Donnarumma just slightly over Kiar, but both of them are excellent in this game, I thought. Excellent. Excellent. So nil-nil, Juventus goes to the final. Richard, let's talk about who they'll meet. Yeah, so the other semifinal, uh, it has a very interesting matchup. Uh, Napoli, who won the first leg uh, at San Siro, uh, they were hosting this time uh, Inter, uh, and the referee in this one would be Gianluca Rocchi. Uh, so the uh, obviously no fans in, in the crowd in this one. Uh, the lineups for this one, uh, David Ospina in goal, and in defense you had Giovanni Di Lorenzo, Nicola Maximovic, Kaladu Koulibaly, and Elsai Husay. Uh, you had uh, Elif Elmas, Diego Deme, Peter Zelinski, uh, and up top you had uh, Politano, Mertens, and Insigne. Um, other than Politano, I was I wasn't too surprised with the lineup. Uh, I was very comfortable with it. I figured Ospino would get the nod with the experience that he has over uh, Moret and anybody else that they would have. So uh, I was comfortable with that lineup. I thought it was a good, strong lineup by Napoli, and obviously they were one of the hotter teams going into this hiatus. Um, and I fully expected them to pick up where they left off. That was going to be the big question mark. Could these teams who were hot remain hot? Uh, and I thought it was a very strong lineup by Napoli. I, I like it. And here's the thing. And, and you know, this was a game that certainly the possession was bossed by Inter. But when you look at a front three like Politano, Mertens, and Insigne, and you leave out a uh, Arkadiusz Milik, who, who did come on late in the game, Um that can be effective against the back three. Hi, Michael Lisi. Um, <laughs> that can be effective against the back three because, you know, if you're going to soak and strike, I mean, the traditional thing is, is you find a, a striker, a nine, a guy like Milik, who you play out of the back to, you find his feet, you know, and he has to absorb the punishment. He's making specific runs that a back three, there's three guys that can see him and can pass him off. Now you've got Meritans who can run all over the place. You've got Ospina who can run all over the place. You've got Politano who can run all over the place. And and I get that maybe they don't necessarily switch switch positions a lot, 
uh, but they're all dynamic. They're all interchangeable. And I think that three-man combination puts some pressure on the back three for Inter. Um, yeah. The other thing that was noteworthy here, I think it was nice to see that Di Lorenzo could go back to his natural position of right back. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then uh, having Maximovic partnering with Khalidu Koulibaly, having those guys back, I think that was so important. Um, you know, and uh, and I think that it gave Napoli a little bit more of a backbone than what they've had. Uh, you know, in, in essence, uh, Gattuso finally has his full complement of players now that everybody's fit. Yeah, um, you know, I wasn't too surprised with that. You know, I, I like the lineup. Um, I thought, you know, with the insertion of Politano, that there was a uh, a little bit maybe a motivational factor in there, and that and that and that um, decision to you know to put him in the game. But also, you know, you look at the inter back line, and they're not the they're not the fastest guys, and putting three smaller guys really, like you said, just move them around, confuse that back the back line. It's going to do wonders for Napoli. And uh, we saw that to good effect. And, you know, since we're talking about um, Inter at the moment, uh, look at their lineups in this one. Obviously, Samir Handanovic is going to be in goal. As he was, you had a back line of Milan Skriniar, Stefan De Vrij, Alessandro Bastoni, uh, and Antonio Canreva. And then the midfield of Barella, Brozovic, Ashley Young, and Eriksson. And up top, obviously, the, the fantastic duo of Lukaku and Martinez. Uh, that lineup was fairly standard again for me. Um, obviously, it's a curious decision for me, just you know, seeing Bastoni back there. But um, a good, strong lineup. You knew Erickson was gonna. He started playing really well, you know, just before he got to the hiatus, uh, and so I wasn't surprised to see him there. Um, if, I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm surprised by anyone in that midfield, it's Barella, but you know, because he's not had the most consistent of seasons. But uh, it's a pretty standard lineup for for Inter for me. I think they believe in Barella. And and they wanted to make they they wanted to make it so with him, yeah. Um, I mean they they might believe more in Stefano Sensi, um, but they're going to treat him with kid gloves after coming back from a lengthy injury, and that's understandable. Yeah. Um, it, it was a back uh, Bastoni's Devrai Scrinia. That was a back three, and and Bastoni getting the start. Uh, Godin wasn't available, um, so that's uh, that's why Bastoni's inserted into that into that spot. And then you have Kandreva and, and Young there on the in the wing back roles who can yep. who can provide crosses and who can provide service to that front too. And then if you don't have them providing service, you've got Erickson playing people in. And let's not forget Brozovic is a pretty good passer from his position as well. Yeah, a little bit. I've heard of him. Yep. So <laughs> it's a it's an aggressive lineup. It's one that knows they needed to go there to get a win. They needed a win by um they needed to win by two or they needed to win by one scoring at least two goals to get this yeah. and go through. So they were going to be uh, on the front foot from the, from the start. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So they, they earned themselves a corner kick. I mean, within the, well, the first second, first second minute of the game. Uh, and so the corner will go to Erickson, as you'd expect, one of the, one of the free kick specialists on the team uh, kicks it and it goes directly into the goal. Uh, I thought it was, Poor, poor, I mean, a lot of people are probably gonna give you know give Ospina the the hammer saying it was his error, but I thought it was the two defenders being stupid and letting the ball go to Ospina. If you got the chance, clear it as a defender. Um, two guys there, and I forget who the two guys were. They let the ball go past them. Ospina wasn't prepared for it, and the ball went between his legs and in the in the net. So just like that, a perfect start for Inter. Uh, one nothing off the bat, off the corner, no less, uh, straight in and off the corner. So, what were your thoughts on that goal? Yeah, I mean, you you nailed it. Um, Defenders are going to hear a goalkeeper, but 
if, if a goalkeeper get, and I don't know if Espina called for it or not. It just might have been a miscommunication here between the defender and Espina. Maybe they thought it was going wide. Who knows? Right. And they mean, well, there's no way it was going wide based on where that ball was going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, but there's there's times where the defender just has to work at his instincts and say, okay, when in doubt, ignore the keeper and just blast it out of there. And yeah. that's what should have happened there is a really ugly goal uh, for Napoli to give up uh, to, to allow Inter back into the tie. Um, and it, you know, it's, it set the tone. It gave Inter a lot of momentum. Uh, you know, once that, that goal got scored, it just looks like some confusion. It surprises me. Cause you know, I, you know, watch a fair amount of Bundesliga, you know, here because we've had nothing else to watch. And, you know, I look at them and I feel like I look at them and I feel like that there should be more set piece goals than there's been. There's been a fair amount, um, but you think there'd be a little bit more because I think if there's one thing, if they, you know, if you haven't had week to week game action, I think one area where you're going to struggle is lack of communication in those defensive set piece situations where you lose markers, you lose things like that and you concede goals. I think that there's been, you know, there's, there's been some set piece goals for, you know, in Bundesliga. I, I thought I would see more. Uh, and I thought that maybe set piece goals for some of these leagues going back are going to be the way goals get scored yeah. because you still, you're, you're trying to get that sorted out and you're trying to get that game to game situation. So in this case, real miscommunication, Mr. Bob Lex blames Espina. He's Arsenal it's, man, and he's he's probably seen enough of Ospina. And I can kind of see his point here because, as a goaltender, like you said, usually they're going to yell at the guys. But you know, Ospina was probably too far in net for that play. Maybe he should have been more aggressive on that. Uh, yep. And he's probably seen a lot of of, of Ospina where he if, this is probably a common thing with him too. But yep. uh, I'm still going to lean towards the defenders clearing that ball out. I mean, I'm gonna if I'm a goalie, I've never been one, but. I would think, you know, you're going to yell at the defender, clear it. I'd rather him clear it than it goes to me and, you know, take that chance. So, sure. Uh, tough call. Sure. And we got, uh, let's see, we got Jerry Mancini's in the house. Hey, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> Michael Lisi, yes, yes, yes. Unless that keeper is screaming for it as the defender, you have to send it to Mars. My sentiments exactly. Rocco saying, let me sum up the highlight. Rocco, we're doing the pod. We'll do the highlights. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. I know we're not, I know this is hard, for, hard for you to not talk. We're not talking about Juventus now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let us get through it. But no, we appreciate it. And yeah, Erickson and Ospina were both very heavily involved in both goals. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it set the tone, and, and uh, Inter got off to the uh, to a dream start there. No, it certainly was. And uh, you wondered how Napoli were going to recover from that. Uh, you know, uh, Napoli needed a goal at this point. At this point, well, at this point was a draw. Uh, both teams with an away goal, but you knew Napoli weren't going to be content with. Uh, leaving the score as it was. They're always going to be looking for a goal. Uh, Inter kept having their opportunities. As you mentioned, they had uh, uh, their share of the possession. Uh, but the man, Ospina, again, uh, gets involved, this time of a goal for his team. Uh, off a save, he, with the heads-up play, a bullet pass over the top to uh, Lorenzo Insigne on the left-hand side. Two guys coming towards him. He smartly plays it over, lays it across perfectly for Dries Mertens, who puts it away. Pass Handanovic, uh, a wonderful goal there. Uh, again, Eriksson and, and uh, Ospina involved in that goal. But I thought this time, you know, Ospina, who had a lot of great saves prior to this, um, a great heads-up play to to lead the pass. And honestly, he should get like a hockey secondary assist or something because that was a beautiful play to lead uh, Lorenzo Insigne and then Mertens, obviously, you know, pouncing when, as he did and becoming the all-time leading scorer for Napoli or whatever. So, 
wonderful, wonderful play by Napoli. Typical Napoli goal. Uh, leveled it up 1-1 just before halftime. And uh, I thought at that point Napoli were sitting pretty, especially the way they've been playing defensively. Um, what were your thoughts once that goal went in? Um, Inter got caught high. Yeah. And had to scramble. And you don't have the ideal guys back there to deal with that situation. I thought it was like Erickson and Ashley Young, I think, uh, were back there if I – if I saw it correctly, uh, sorry, Bob just called him. He thought he was a vampire because and... he hates crosses. That's good. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. I haven't either. Well played. Yeah. Um, and then Rocco uh, said, he's sorry for getting ahead of us. He's having too many vodka gimlets. Today. Oh yeah. Here we go. That are Jaeger bombs. Either one. <laughs> so, although you got to, if it's Rocco, it's, it's not the, it's not the Red Bull. It's, it's whatever is like the sugar substitute power yeah. drink that he can mix yeah. with the Jaeger. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so you got this, and now, and it's a dynamic situation, and it's a great, it's opportunistic for for Maritans because Insigne's one v one. There's two inter defenders back there, but that second defender has to go and support the first defender. He has no choice because, yeah, Insigne against one defender to beat, you know what he's going to do every time. Yeah. So you want to avoid that, and that opened up playing it across for Meritans to finish. So it was a great counterattacking goal. It was great foresight yeah. by Ospina to see that and play it quick. Terrible um, defending. Yeah, and it was just, it was, Inter got caught high. They had to react. Ball watching. You know, and then and then at the same time, the recovery runs, where was everybody? <laughs> Still in the box on the yep. other end. So, and, and scoring the goal, a guy who knows how to score goals in Italy. Uh, yeah. Amazing what happens when you play him. Um, because for the longest time, Napoli were leaving him out. Um, didn't he sign you know, but now extension he, uh, over the break? What's that? Didn't he sign an extension with Napoli? He did. Board? So he there did. you go. Amid rumors that he was going to go to Inter. Yeah. Uh, among other places. So, yep. And, and Rocco, there you go. Zevia instead of Red Bull. Of course. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so classic counterattack, very well spotted by Napoli, very well finished. And then, um, it was a, uh, a classy finish there by uh, Dries Mertens. 1-1 advantage Napoli. But that doesn't terribly hurt Inter too much. No. Because they still have to score a second goal. Yeah. Regardless of whether that, that – that's the one thing that interests me with this mentality. When everybody's trying to, you know, figure out all of the algorithms that go with aggregate scoring. Well, you know, if you go into a game knowing you've got to score two goals, okay, you're as an away team. And the other team gets one. That really shouldn't make you shit yourself. Nope. You still have a response. You still got. You already have a goal, so it's one more goal. Yeah, maybe you win one nil, and and in ninety minutes, and then it's going to extra time. Thank you, Michael. It was screen yard. Um, ah, yes. So, uh, so it's you know no way that it's it's you know you, maybe you rely on that, but that's a very risky thing to rely on. So. And, and and that's how Inter set themselves up. They set themselves up to try to score twice, you know, and to try to keep Napoli out. So, um, and they got they got caught. And this is not something that should change the way Inter approached this game. And it really didn't. And it didn't. No, uh, Inter continued to uh, be the aggressor in this game. Um, and you know, we talked about the error that Ospina, you know, made in the first goal, but I think he well made up for it for the rest of the game. I mean, brilliant save after brilliant save all game long. Uh, some shots, yeah, were maybe towards him, but he made some uh, like a, a wonderful save on Candreva, short side. Uh, had some nice uh, get. He got down real quick and saved the ball a couple of times. Made some good shot on uh, Erickson. He blocked. I mean, he had a fantastic game. I thought he was man of the weekend for me. 
Uh, really, he was the reason why Inter didn't score again. Uh, I thought Inter did enough where they could. They should have scored against uh, Ospina on a normal day, but Ospina was up for it in this one. Uh, experience paid off for for Napoli. Napoli did what they had to do. They, I mean, they weren't they were bending but not breaking. Uh, and when the times that they look like they're about to break, Ospina saved them. Uh, and and that was really well done. It's very uh, I guess emblematic of what they've been doing lately, especially against the bigger clubs. Uh, so a one-one draw is how it ended. Uh, Napoli move on into the final, and um, you, know, you called it last weekend. You know during our our telecast that uh, you thought Napoli was going to go on to the final. You thought they're going to win it. I think you said so. Uh, not too surprising there. Now we got ha- now we got Sari against his old club Juventus against Napoli in the final. Yeah, um, I did my victory lap after uh, Napoli advanced. So <laughs> longest lap ever recorded, or l- longest lap I've ever run. I got this knee. So I, I, got, I can't even run I anymore. Them, I think so. What's that? You got two of them. Oh, I got two. I got one that's bad though. So I can't run. I can't even run right now. So, um, but it, yeah, I mean, I, it was a, it was, it was a very interesting approach from both teams. Inter set out to attack. They know they needed the goals. They, and I think on another day, Inter are in the final um, with yeah. the chances that they created. I mean, you know, Ospina was forced into some brilliant saves. I mean, he, kept out uh, Lukaku uh, early in the first half. That almost made it 2-0 to Inter. Uh, and then there was the one from Erickson in the second half, uh, you know, that Ospina got a glove to. I mean, he was dynamic in this game. He went from um, GOAT, not in a good way, yeah. uh, on the first goal, if, if, depending on how you look at it. I, I still think the defenders have to clear that, uh, to probably being the man of the match in this game, to making yeah. the key saves, and then also setting the counterattack for Napoli yeah. to get the tying goal. Absolutely. And you know, now we're going to be talking about uh, a final. So I brought up the bubbly. Sorry, the dad jokes here. Um, yeah, no, that's, you know, I think. Um, what is that? Man. What are you drinking? Bubbly. Bubbly. It's a water, sparkling water. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm I mean, like, what's, 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 what's special about it? Is I mean, is it just. It's, it's, it's a sparkling water. That's all. So okay. That's all. that's all it is. Um, got bubbles. Uh, no, I thought no, I thought Espino did really well in the game. He was fantastic. I thought with the saves and then obviously the leading the counterattack. Um, he uh, he came up big. That's what Napoli needed. That's why they started him in the game. And uh, yeah, he's man of the weekend for me. Not just in this game, but overall the weekend. I thought he was the best player. Um, you know, Clement, you know, error in the beginning, notwithstanding, I thought he was he was brilliant. Uh, big saves. You know, that Kondreva save was not easy. The save on Erickson uh, towards the end of the game was not easy. Uh, but he came up big, and, and Napoli now are going, or Napoli are now going to the final against Juventus, which is going to be a very intriguing matchup, I think, uh, considering the way, but the momentum that both teams are currently in, um, the style of play, the obviously the drama of you know Sari, you know, used to be with Napoli, and a lot of storylines in this. It's uh, it wouldn't be a a Coppa Italia final, an Italian uh, final without some drama in there, right? So, um, you're right. Uh, I'm just getting over to my uh, game page here on this. They are. So mine's not showing possible lineups, but I guess I, I, I've got kind of a handle on what I think they're going to come out with. Um, you've got you've got Saudi playing against Juve to try to get his first trophy with Juve, uh, or sorry, playing going against Napoli. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> in an effort to get his first trophy as Juve manager. Yeah. Um. So you've got that dynamic. You've got um, uh, you've got Iguain possibly playing a role in this thing tomorrow. Um, you know, so 
former Napoli man, and he's come back to haunt them uh, in past games. Uh, and uh, you've got on the Napoli side, you've got a team that has looked at this Juve team and said, look, we, 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 we can beat them. And they did. They beat them at the San Paolo earlier in the year, um, 2-1. Uh, and uh, so they, they're going to have the belief that they can go there and, and win. So no sugar and bubbly. Of course you're going to like it, Rocco. For sugar, uh, that's right. Right. So um, you take a look at you take a look at what we have here, and you have um, it's going to be a, it's going to come down to the midfield, I think. Yeah. Between these two teams, you know, can Juventus boss things? And because I expect that they will, um, as I expect that Napoli are going to try to absorb things. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm looking at who Napoli is managed by. He's ma- they're managed by Reno Gattuso. And every time that he got into a big game, and, and Nima Tavali and I had this conversation. He ruined the derby. He ruined the derby. Yeah, when we, re- when we reviewed one of the derbies. And he said, Gattuso ruins the derby because he has his team set up played, playing so tight. Yeah. Um, and Nima's with us right now. I honestly think this game is way closer than most think. It's the equivalent of a final being played at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. But Nima, I also think that because I think Gattuso is going to tighten this up. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, you're going to see Deme out there. You're going to see a, a midfield that's going to be in place to try to keep out keep out any balls going into the front three of Juve. Whether it's going to go, whether they go back to Douglas Costa, Paulo Dybala, Cristiano Ronaldo, or whether they go you know, with Higuain somewhere in there as a striker. So um, I think that that's going to be the key, how that midfield for Napoli performs. Um, you know, having Koulibaly back there is a big help uh, for the partner pay, yes. uh, you know, to help things ha- help have things organized and, and diffuse things, defend deep attack on the counter. Absolutely. I think that, I think that Gattuso should try to set up the same way. Uh, I, I, I think he's that got he, the little he, ones to, to do that. He has the speedsters, Enough speed on, on that attack with those three guys to, to cause problems, for sure. I think that the mobility of those three guys are going to make it hard for Bonucci and Delict. Yeah. Um, More I, so I Bonucci, think, I think. More so Bonucci, though, I think. I think if you play Milik from the start, it's going to be a mistake because now if you're going to counter, you're going to counter out to a guy that those two guys can see yeah. and they know where he's going to go to get the ball and they can just close him down and they can defuse anything and it's going to be awfully hard. And now you're looking at a lot of up, back, and through stuff from Napoli instead of maybe something a little bit more dynamic where you can get little half turns and play people through and then runners can cross each other and things like that in that front three. So I'm looking at um, – and I think that I'm, I'm on the on the team of can Davide Ospina have another game like that? That's going to be the other X factor here. Yeah. Which you Ospina know, shows up. I mean, if the, if that Ospina shows up, Napoli wins this. Um, or if Juventus shoot the way they shot against Milan, Napoli's going to win this. Napoli definitely win this, and that's the other thing: is are, are the chances that Juve create are going to are they going to be better than what they did against Milan? That's the one thing you got to look at. Secondly, if they are, can Ospina perform that way again? Can he do that two games in a row? Bob Lex, our friend over there in the chat, knows more than anybody as an Arsenal supporter. <laughs> um, but. Can you count on Ospina doing that two times in a row? And that's going to be that's going to be an interesting dynamic. All right, the midfield. Can they keep passes from getting through to the Juventus front three? You're going to have Deme in there. 
you know, if it's Elmas, I'm not sure if if uh, if Labotka's in the mix, uh, Ruiz. Uh, I'm going to give the advantage to not playing the midfield, I think. Younger, slightly, slightly, slightly but they're younger. Um, I, you know, if you're going to have, especially going to have Kadir in there or, 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 depend, or Rabiot, uh, it's going to be. I, I, think I don't know if those guys will start. Play. I think, uh, I yeah, think, I know. think you're going to say to see the same three man midfield for Juve. It's going to be Benton, Korpianich, Matuidi. Yeah. Um, you know, out of those, Matuidi probably will have some license to to go a little bit. We've seen him make runs in the box. Uh, Pjanic can be a little bit more deep lying. Yeah, and Bentoncourt, you know, Bentoncourt has been one of Juventus's most improved players this season. Uh, he's really he was pretty good here against Milan too. Yeah. So, you know, but then I, and I look at the other side. If Zielinski can he have the freedom in this game that you know he's accustomed to having from his position in a three-man midfield for Napoli. You know, that's going to be an interesting question. Deme, Ruiz, it's going to, you know, I think it's, I think that's, it's going to come down to that. Can Juventus create better chances and can Ospina come through and be a goalkeeper like he was in this game against Inter? Because like I said, Ospina doesn't perform like that. We're talking about Inter in this final. Yeah. So I agree. um, I am going to, and boy, this is a hard prediction for me to, hard prediction for me to make, but I'm not. Imp- I was not impressed with Juventus, and I got to go with what I see, even albeit a small sample size. I was not impressed with how Juventus handled themselves with the man advantage. I get that nil-nil was enough for them, and that's maybe what they were going for. Right. But I've seen this in eleven v eleven. I've seen it at Lyon. I've seen it in other games. So, you know. I'm not tempted. I'm not of the belief that it's going to change. I think Napoli are going to win this Coppa Italia tomorrow. It's going to be a one goal victory by somebody. It's going to be a one goal victory. It's going to be an odd goal. It's going to come from somebody we didn't expect. So maybe a Zielinski. Yeah. Okay. I, I would lean towards him. Maybe Koulibaly on a corner kick. That's happened before. It's happened before at Juve. So um, I think that that's. That's what's going to be. And Michael's making a great comment about Bentoncourt needing to sit deep and keep Delict and Bonucci from having to deal with speedy runners. Yep. Um, start Quadrado to deal with Insigne speed. I think that's going to happen too. So, um, Rocco, Rocco thinks, thinks it'll go to penalties. That's yeah. that's not un, that's not unreasonable. But I think that if they don't start Milik, if they go with the same front three they did, I think that that's really dynamic, and I think that that's going to create a lot of problems for Delict and Bonucci, and um, I think they're going to they're going to generate something out of that. I'm going to go narrowly for Napoli here. I'm going to go for a one nil win for Napoli. Okay, okay. And before I make my pick, I you know I think if it does go to penalties, as Rocco is saying. I feel like, and I could be wrong, and Bob, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Ospina actually pretty does pretty well in, against penalties. Uh, Buffon, you know, he he probably is pretty good, and, and Chesney as well. But I feel like Ospina is really good for some reason. Maybe I'm just thinking about somebody else. But regardless, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult game. It's gonna be a close game, no doubt about it. I mean, as Nima said, and as you're as you're saying, uh, Gattuso is gonna play compact. You know, it's gonna be very tight. Um, in, both teams are gonna have their opportunities. Obviously, Napoli with the counter with the, with their smalls. Uh, and uh, you know, through Dybala and Ronaldo and the rest of the team, 
Juve are going to have the opportunity as well. Uh, as I said before, I think the slight advantage in the midfield will go to Napoli. It's very close. Uh, both teams are very good. I think the two defenses are pretty much a wash. I mean, because you got Koulibaly who's the best defender in the game. Uh, Maximovic is okay. Delict is okay. Benucci is uh, okay. But those two are probably better than Maximovic. So um, then you got the wingbacks who are probably an advantage for, for Juventus. It's a tough game. Um, and this, if it's a classic final or a, a type of final that you know we're all expecting, the one like Nima said, it's got to be a slight advantage to Napoli. I, I'm going to have to go with you based on the current form, how Juventus was prior to the break, how they came out. Don't have that killer instinct as you mentioned. Um, they're they having they're having their opportunities against Milan, but most of them were at the goalkeeper. And if they do that, they're not going to succeed against Napoli. Napoli are going to be they're predators. Uh, especially on the counter with the two guys, especially we saw what Insigne and, and Mertens did. Um, I think Zelensky is going to be the one who's going to get that freedom that he needs. Uh, he's come up big, so big for Gattuso this season, especially when they gave him the freedom. Don't be surprised if he, if he lets out a long-range bomb coming come out of the box, you know, getting a pass from Mertens or Insigne or Politano. Um, one goal is going to win it, and I, and I think Napoli is going to win this, which would be uh, an amazing thing for Napoli considering how the season began. Um, and then they've been the, one of the hottest teams in the league uh, just before the break, and I think it's going to continue. Gattuso's got them right where they need them. I just had a thought, and let's devil's advocate this. I mean, we're both on the no. side that Napoli, we both. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, and we're, we're picking Napoli. I know. All right. Um, Sorry, Juventus Rocco. just had. Juventus just had seventy-five to ninety minutes of an opponent that defended deep. Took their chances on counters. Now, the issue here is that this is a Milan that doesn't have the quality going forward that Napoli is going to have. Yeah. Now, let's look at this. Napoli, center backs, I wouldn't, I mean, Koulibaly is the best center back out of what Napoli and Milan have to offer. And you've got Maximovic partnering with him. Um, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. You could argue that the fullbacks on Napoli are better, especially uh, on the right hand side, Di Lorenzo. Um, uh, I would rate him over Conti. Uh, Husai and Calabria <clears throat> are on a normal day. They're equal at best. I mean, we've had Napoli fans complain up and down about Husai. Uh, so yeah. we've had Milan fans complain up and down about Calabria. Uh, so you take a look at that back four. You take a look at the goalkeeping. You take a look at how the midfields are going to be situated. Midfield's going to be situated. Are we underestimating the likelihood that Juventus has seen what they've seen what they've done here against Milan and with their experience can figure out how to make the adjustments to unlock what Napoli is going to throw at them? Yeah, I think we are underestimating. And I think you'd be stupid not to think that Juve had this in their pocket. I mean, that they have the ability. They certainly have the ability. They've they've shown no reason for us to pick against them over the last what nine seasons or whatever it is now. Um, eight seasons. So, yeah, it, it, not, Juventus are more than capable. You know, they they've they've had how many years under Allegri? They know what to do. I mean, sorry, just going to add a little bit, a little bit here and there. You know, tweaking things, but they know what to do. Um, and I think they're more than capable of pulling out a victory in this one. I just, you know, I think you and I just both feel that you know, based on how currently they're both playing. Um, how they were playing before that, you know, this is a slight advantage, slight advantage for Napoli, but 
Uh, Juventus are more than capable of winning this game. They're more than more than capable of winning three nothing. Well, sure. Yeah. You know? Sure. I mean, it, it, I mean, they have the pedigree. Yes, absolutely. Okay. They have the pedigree. Chat questions. Uh, fire away with any questions. Uh, ask us about Serie A. Ask us about games coming up. Ask us anything. Uh, Brock has can... taken screenshots of everything we say so he can uh, laugh at us after the game. Well, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, It'll be one of the rare times that I'm wrong if Juve wins tomorrow. So, <laughs> um, Humble brag aside. Uh, so, uh, chat, fire away with questions. Uh, fire away with questions on Serie A, questions about anything. Uh, we can have some fun with it. Um, so, that is... Uh, uh, the preview, our preview of the uh, Coppa Italia final, Juve and Napoli. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tense. We both are thinking it's a narrow win for Napoli and on, on some sort of odd goal. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're, we're probably uh, walking on glass here, uh, picking against uh, a team that has been there and done that in Juventus. So we'll see what happens. But uh, after Wednesday, we have, man, uh, starting Saturday the 20th, we have – Five consecutive days of Calcio. Thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> just everybody just hook it to your veins. All right. Oh, I love it's it. Gonna be, it's going to be lovely. It's going to be beautiful. And and we actually start off on Saturday, Richard, with, with two decent games. Uh, when you look at it, Torino is going to play Parma. Uh, and you've got uh, Hellas Verona playing against Cagliari. Um, so... You know, I mean, realistically, we're flying blind. We don't know what what these teams are going to have to offer. We don't know what they're going to look like. We don't know what their fitness levels are going to be like. I mean, I think all we can really do is go off the sample that we've had for previous games. And we're looking at a Torino here that's on 27 points and in 15th place and flirting with disaster right now. Uh, So they desperately need these three points. A Parma team on 35 points um, that – you know, have a lot of promising talent in their team. Um, and then uh, the other game, Hellas Verona against Cagliari. Hellas Verona under Ivan Joric has had a specific way that they play, a specific way they've gone about their business. Dentist chair. Yes. Cagliari has been that team that we thought would be the darling of the season with some of the moves they made and some of the players they brought in. And all of a sudden you look and they're 12th. Um, you know, so uh, it's, it's not – necessarily gone to plan for them. Uh, Verona sitting there in eighth and pushing for a Europa League place, you know, against all odds. They've got some very, very talented players up front. They've got a great player in back in Kumbula. Well, quick uh, brief about the games on Saturday. What are you looking forward to? Uh, it's going to be fun. I, I think a Torino-Parma game is going to be a little a little more open than the, than the second game, for sure. Um, you know, I look for Parma to maybe take advantage of the one thing I, the only thing I do know about you know this hiatus is that almost in every case in the Bundesliga, in terms of the teams and the forms that they were in prior to the break and then coming out of it, they've almost all identical been the same form going in as they were uh, coming in, coming out as they were going in. So um, if we go off of that, which you really can't, because um, every team is different, every league is different, all this stuff. If you go by that, you know teams should be somewhat true to form as they were going into this break. You got to give the advantage to Parma. In this one, you know, Torino are playing horrid going down that, going down, uh, up to that break. Uh, and do you expect skin to be open? Obviously, they got some really good players over there, but um, I, I like the defense of Parma a little bit better than than Torino, which is hard to say because I thought, you know, especially last season and going to this season, 
they had one of the better defenses in the league, at least, you know, from uh, a, a core standpoint, but they have not performed at all. Like we expected, it's been a rough go for them. And I, I it's going to be, I think some goals in this game, I, I think like a, like a two, one, maybe, maybe three, two game uh, for Parma. I think I like, I like them in this game with their speedsters. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I think I like that as well. Um, you know, we'll have to see if Torino has come back to some semblance of fitness and having their players back. Because, you know, when they have that defense together, that's pretty solid. And with Sidigu and goal. Don't uh, expect defenses to be sharp, though. That is going to be the caveat. Fair point. Um, fair point. So uh, Hellas, did Hellas Verona change their uh, logo? Uh, not to my knowledge. I mean, they may have. I mean. I'm it showing like ages yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, that's that that might have gotten overlooked in all of this. I'm seeing some sort of thing that, like, there's a uh, a ladder in the middle, and then like a two headed lion facing opposite yeah. of each other of some well, sort. Are you, are, are you seeing I'm this? Looking at, I'm looking at, it, but um, I mean, maybe I just never noticed it before. Yeah, that's good. That was an under the radar change. So hmm, interesting. Okay, is is Belotti fit? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> yeah was he ever we don't know we, we 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 don't know um so uh we'll 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 find out on saturday there was started. there is some breaking news though with you know the, the whole thing was and if someone came down with covid would the whole team have to shut down that's what they thought it was gonna have to do and i think today it broke that a, only the player would have to quarantine not the whole team which is yeah. good for syria because otherwise we'd lose the season if something were to happen so that's a bit well, of that's just it. That should, that should have been the decision from the beginning because you yeah. see what's going on right now in the Bundesliga and how they manage it. That's their approach. Yeah. And they've been flawless. Yep. Um, now I get that Italy has been much, you know, clearly has been way more of a hot way spot more, yeah. Yeah. for COVID than Germany has been. And they probably have to take a look at it, you know, from a, from a number of approaches and can't just copycat what Germany's doing. But I think that that's got to be the best intentions. The Bundesliga yeah. laid the groundwork for how you can do this uh, for everybody else. Uh, Michael Lisi said, yeah, they did. It's weird. I'm looking at it. And I'm like, yeah, this is, it's not worse than that J, but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, but anyway, coming back to it, um, the, the, the thing that is kind of, you know, in the years that we have done Serie A sit down, the one thing that I could always count on is Cagliari being a poor away team. Yes, they'll yeah. once in a while pop up and be good. I think there was a year where Berala beat Atalanta on a free kick in Bergamo. Yeah, um, as one example, um, you know. So there are times where they're going to pop up and surprise you, but by and large, they're a terrible away side, and they're going to come into a they're going to come in and play against the Hellas Verona team that's going to frustrate them for ninety minutes. I, Hellas Verona is going to win this game. Yeah, I think so. One or two nothing, I think. Appointment television on Sunday the 21st. Atalanta and Sassuolo. Oh, my goodness. Get out your abacus. There's going to be goals in this game. Yeah. yeah. You're talking no about defense. defense. It's not no necessarily defense. being sharp and organized. I mean, I think this is good. This has a chance to be like six to three. If, yeah. they're, if they're at the top yeah. of their game and if they're sharp, which we can't guarantee that. But this game, this game could be screaming goals. No, now that you said that, it's going to be zero zero watches. It happens every time we do this, but uh, this has all the makings of a high scoring game. Obviously, the Zerbi's men have been playing really well, uh, especially with the front three that they got or front four, really, if you want, with the substitution. But um, yeah, they're they're going to be they're going to be hopefully high flying. I mean, 
considering what kind of form they are in. And Atalanta, I'm really curious to see how they're going to look after the break. Um, you know they're going to be stringing some passes together, and you know fitness is obviously going to be the question. But man, they're going to be some goals. I, I hope there's some goals, man. I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen a lot of goals, and uh, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I, I, I'm clearing the calendar for this. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, it's Father's Day, so I'm going to get to watch this game because it's one day out of the year I get to be in charge around here. <laughs> so all our dads in the chat probably are all uh, feeling the same way too. I know you are, Richard. Yeah, that's right. And Mr. Bob's saying uh, five four is going to be the final of that game. Very well. well could I got be. I got six three. So Inter and Sampdoria in that in that uh, Sunday uh, setup as well. Sampdoria. Uh, under Claudio Ranieri, climbed out of trouble. Still only a point clear of Lecce. Um, you're going to play Inter now. That's not a good good combination there. Yep. So it's uh, it's going to be um, it's going to be a uh, I think it's going to be a grind. You know. So let me ask you this, and you know, without even asking any of the Inter fans, it seems like Larturo's mind is somewhere else. It's a, it's at Barcelona now, or wherever he's being linked with. Are you going to start him? Would you start him? I mean, he's he's obviously your, your one of your best options with him and Lukaku. They made they form a great team, but is his mind is his mind right to play him? That's 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 an interesting question. You know, I actually thought Alexis Sanchez was pretty good when he got in there. I did too. This is one of so, it's probably one of his better games at, with yeah. an inter shirt on, maybe outside of the first game. So Conte Conte's getting Conte's getting something out of him, and he does that, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I mean, if you can make Ader believable. For the Italian national team, <laughs> yeah, that but might I, be that might be Antonio Conte's like ultimate achievement. Yeah, I don't he think could, that he could get to Italy. He could get Italy in the Euro 2016 to the last eight with fucking Eder in the lineup, <laughs> and Graziano Pelle as a striker. I know you've got a soft spot for him because he played for Southampton. He was doing well then. Yeah, then so, at one time. Eder, drink. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I fully expect Inter to win that game. You know, yeah. maybe maybe even a three nothing game that game. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think that Ranieri's going to set them up to play t- to 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 try to tighten it up, but I think it's going to backfire on them. Yeah. Three games Monday: Fiorentina, Brescia, Lecce, Milan, Bologna, Juve. Um, you know the. the it, all these games can be intriguing for a lot of different reasons. I think Brescia, we want to kind of see where Sandro Tonali's at after all of this, you know, and how he's how he's adapted. Obviously, he's a guy that he's a guy that is on the radar and po- probably going to enter. Uh, as much as we have objected to that being his move, yeah. So um, you've got Lecce Milan. You know, how does Milan bounce back after going out of the Copa? Had a very difficult environment to get a re- uh, uh, to get a result. Does a Rebic red card carry over to the Liga? I think it does. Um, good question. I thought it didn't, but uh, hey, Michael Lisi, do you know? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Honestly, I hope it doesn't because Milan are thin up top. Let's see here. Um. Well, while you look that up, I think of the three games on 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 Saturday. Uh, or, or excuse me, on Monday, I'm probably looking at Bologna Juventus. Honestly, I think is uh, the game that I want to watch of those games. Uh, it's probably be the, the closest game, I think, because you don't underestimate Bologna. They're they're a good squad, some really good young players on the team. Um, obviously, Juventus are good, are really good. 
But I think Bolinho give them a little bit of a fight, make it a little bit of tough for them, at least in the onset. Uh, Brescia, Fiorentina, you know, we don't know what to expect with either of these clubs. Uh, obviously, Brescia is struggling this season. Fiorentina has been underperforming as they have been for years now, it seems like. And Lecce is a tough place to play for Milan. That's going to be it's going to be a tough game, I think, from from a neutral standpoint. I mean, if you want to see some goals, you're more likely to get some from the Bologna Juventus game, I think, than the other games. But um, yeah. all, all I mean, I'm going to watch all of them just because we haven't seen Kyle Cho in so long. So, right, Rebic uh, received a one match ban for the dismissal, but he won't have to sit that out until next season's Coppa Italia, as it is all a right. different tournament entirely to Serie A. So, Rebic will be available for the trip to Lecce. That's so a win that for me. Is, that is for sure. And then uh, Milan will not find him. I don't know why that was a story. Oh, Mr. Bob's calling an upset for Bologna over Juventus. Hey. That could happen. Here's the th- Bologna just need. Um, you're welcome, Sabrina. Um, when you've got Orsolini, you've got Soriano. Good youngsters, man. Yeah. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Who's the third guy? Uh, it's been so long. long. It's been so long. Yeah. Uh, when you've got that three-man playmaking midfield that Bologna has to work with under Mihailovic, I mean, you need just a you need you need a guy that can poach goals. You know, and, and Palacio, we talk about him maybe being the right now the perfect guy out of what they have, but he can't play 90 minutes. You know, he's, he's borrow, interesting. Oh, yeah. When he, when he got inserted, he kind of looked like that missing piece that they needed in terms, of, at least from he the did. attacking standpoint. I think they're going to put them under some pressure. I think they're definitely going to put Juve under some pressure. This is going to be an interesting game. Sansoni was the other one you were thinking of. Sansoni, thank you. Gosh. Um, <laughs> it's so, so long. If yeah. it had been Pelissier or uh, Inglese, you would have cursed the day I was born. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, it's. Uh, I think that I, th- I agree with everybody here. I think that Bologna is going to give Juve a game here, so we'll see. Because this will be Juve. Let's let, let's not forget that this is going to be Juventus's third game in ten days yeah. after coming back from COVID. Yeah, they're probably, you know, and they're probably not going to be putting the full lineup there. I would think, you know, just trying to make sure the guys are staying healthy for the remainder of the season. You know, probably see some rotation in this. You know, I don't I mean, know. That's my opinion, but yep. what do I know? I don't know anything. To, you 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 know more than you, you give. Don't don't sell yourself short. Your wife tells you you don't know anything, doesn't she? Yeah, every day. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Same, same. Don't worry. worry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to admit it. It's okay to discuss. It's an open forum. Get your feelings out. Um, yeah. All right. So the Tuesday uh, fixtures: Verona and Napoli, Spal Cagliari, uh, Genoa, Parma, and Torino Udinese. Um, you know, you got Verona getting a second game now in the space of four days. You got Napoli now after playing the Coppa Italia final. Uh, you know, third game in 10 days for them. That could be interesting. Uh, the Spall Cagliari game, Spall desperate right now. Um, Genoa desperate, too. yeah. Uh, Genoa desperate, uh, against Parma. Uh, so you know, some some interesting uh, relegation situ- situation showing up there. The Torino Udinese game could be something as well based on where everybody's situated at the table so um you know so those are uh you know the verona napoli game could be a hangover game for napoli and verona could win that uh but then the rest of these are going to be very very enthusiastic for looking at the bottom of the table and you know seeing how that all shakes out 
my my question with Cagliari, are they in uh are they on vacation already? You know? They got nothing to play for really. I mean, they're not gonna get relegated. I don't I don't I don't think they're I think they're far enough away in tough spot, even though the, even though the points are very close, I think they're I think they're fairly safe. Well, they, uh, just had a vac- they just had a vacation. <laughs> they're gonna well, still be on vacation. One, but you know. Spall, I think, is gonna be obviously fighting for for you know stay to stay up as best they can. Uh Hellas and Napoli have a zero zero or one one written all over that, I think. Uh, I think a little bit of a hangover, like you said, with Napoli and and you know Verona's pension to shut things up, keep it close. Um, it's going to be tight in that game. I, I, I very well do think that. Um, you know Torino Udinese, who knows? Udinese is playing a little bit better now, uh, but you know both those teams have the opportunity to score lots of goals. I think in that game and Genoa Parma should be fun because uh, Genoa is obviously going to look for a result here to try to get out of the you know get as far away from relegation zone as possible. So um, some interesting games in this one, I think. Sure, Parma's still making a push for Europe too. So yeah, yeah, uh, so all of those are going to be interesting. And then finally, on the twenty fourth, Inter Sampdoria, Atalanta Lazio. We finally talk about Lazio. How does how does Lazio pull off? And Roma, Roma and Sampdoria. How wh- what happened that they're not playing until? Is there some is there something with the nature of the COVID that they're not playing until the twenty fourth? Uh, just that one's. Does anybody have any answers on that one? That's that's a weird one to me. To, that they're their teams Tom. playing two games before they play their first. It's I'm not complaining. I just would be interesting to have an answer to that. So, but Atalanta Lazio, giddy up yeah. uh, on uh, June 24th. And a that's week from such one. a big game for Lazio. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're all they're all going to be big games going down the stretch because obviously it's them and Juventus going back and forth trying to you know get the get the title, but. Lazio needs to show up in this game. It's a difficult game. Atalanta was so hot going uh, going to the break. Uh, they can score in bunches that we've seen uh, all season long. I don't know who to pick in that game. That's going to be a barn. It could be a barn burner. It could be a, a stalemate. It's very li- unlikely it's going to be stalemate in that one. Uh, you're going to see goals probably like a three three in that game. But you know, Lazio are going to have to do everything they can to try to get three points in that game. It's going to be awfully difficult in Bergamo. Um, Inter and Sassuolo. You know, we know Sassuolo is a bogey team for Milan, but you know, with with Inter, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game. I think I think it's going to be a lot closer than people might give it. Um, you know, Conte is going to have the team ready for for Sassuolo, but you know, Sassuolo have some playmakers on their team, and they've uh, given Inter trouble in the past. They have, and they have this season as well. So, yeah, that's it's it's going to be interesting game. And Roma Sampdoria, you know, a return for Ranieri to to Roma, but I think uh, we finally get to see Roma as well, and I think Roma is going to you know do well in that game. And Sampdoria just feel feel bad for them. <laughs> yep, for sure. And you got yeah, Roma and Sampdoria. So Sampdoria right off the bat at Inter at Roma can't be can't be good. But um uh so that uh, yeah that Atalanta Lazio game that's gonna be you know an Atalanta on the heels of playing Sassuolo. That's gonna be fun. So we get to see uh we get to see Gasparini's men. We get to see Ladea Back in action. We get to see them all back in action, but we're going to have like five straight days of games. It's fun. It's amazing. So, I should call uh, off work for us the week. Yeah. Yeah. Got good reason to, you know, and I like how they got it spaced out with the times. You can yep. get a lot of these games in, have a chance to watch a lot of them. So it's pretty cool. So, um, Chad doesn't have a lot of questions today. Not okay. at all, actually. That's all right. I'm just happy to have Calcio back, and as are we. I mean, I think that's what it is. I think we're all uh, just kind of we're yeah. done with the questions. Let's let's get ready on with for the, the Copa Copa final tomorrow, and then obviously the, the five days straight of of Calcio. Just love yep. it. Yep, agreed. Agreed. So um, with that, we're going to put a bow on this edition of Serie A. Sit down, yeah. uh, Richard. Let's uh, shameless plug. 
Shameless plug. First off, yeah, we're keeping this well under two hours this this, this time. So hey, yeah. welcome back, guys. <laughs> uh, well, we, need to, we, need to, we need to break it in a little bit. We need to kind of get ourselves Ease back in. into the flow. Ease them in. I got gotcha. you. Have a whole lot of material. I'm sure we're going to probably maybe record again next Wednesday or next Thursday after all these games have been played. Yeah, uh, you know to 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 digest them. Um, so uh, so I, I think next the next one might end up being a bit longer. We'll see. Uh, but, but yes, for a plug. Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously, you're going to plug the YouTube page here. You know, definitely subscribe here, and we're trying to put some more content out here, especially now that the league is back. Uh, I want to get some of those vlogs back going. Uh, those are fun for me to do. Um, and then, you know, I guess on the personal side, you can, uh, I'm doing like fun FM, uh, football manager series with Palermo trying to get them back to Serie A. Uh, that's been fun for me just to learn the Palermo players. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really fun. I, who, who knew I'm playing games on anyway. Other than that, you can find me anywhere at R underscore K H A R M A N. Excellent. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FTC underscore 21. Serie A sit down. Uh, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts. We have our own channel on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere there's podcasts, you can find Syria Sit Down. Uh, here on this YouTube page, please drop a like, uh, subscribe to the channel, uh, be ready for any and all updates that we're going to have. Uh, we'll try to even throw some more little content and mini videos here as we go um, uh, with uh, what we're seeing with Syria and what we can we can share with you. Uh, so. Thank uh, you for everyone who joined the stream tonight. Yeah, uh, all of you in the chat. It was awesome. Thank you, you for guys. joining us. Great to talk to you guys. And we've got a uh, a loyal following there, so we appreciate it. Um, love the live YouTube show, guys. This is fantastic. I think this is a new thing, Richard. Yeah, I do too. I love it. Yep, I think this is a new thing, and we'll have to make this a habit. And uh, we'll definitely do this again next week. Um, at Seria, sit down on Twitter or Instagram and or Twitter and Instagram. I don't have Instagram, so you can't find me there. You can find um, me there. <laughs> there. Uh, Facebook, we have a page there. So check us out in all of those spots. Uh, so um, Calcio is back. Let's embrace it. Let's love it. All the uh, drama, all the quality football that we're going to see, all the controversy. Uh, it's all back in our lives and uh, boy with everything that's been going on around us it came at a good time yes, so absolutely. came at a good time so uh, so we thank you guys we thank everybody in the chat we thank everybody for listening to this podcast for Richard I'm Frank and as always make sure you tell your paisans about us ciao